Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics right here on Blog Talk Radio. Fantastic. Um, the reason I wanted to have this uh, particular episode uh, tonight, and Astrid had some ideas uh, before, which I'll incorporate into it, um, is uh, basically we're ready to move to the next step. So uh, I wanted to uh, talk to both of you, and uh, I wanted to do it transparently. So we're talking on the radio show. Uh, and this way, uh, uh, people who are listening have a chance to digest what we're saying and to make suggestions or uh, you know, suggest better ideas. Um, so uh, anyway, the first idea is uh, that uh, in uh, Sussex County, which both of you uh, cover, uh, we have another show that's focused on uh, Sussex County, and that's the Amber Dragon uh, podcast. And soon we're going to have yet another uh, podcast in Sussex uh, County, which is Kindred Spirits. Okay. So, oh, wow, that's wonderful. Yes, yeah, so we're going to have uh, a lot of focus. four shows uh, focused in Sussex County. And what I wanted, Sussex County, I'm sorry. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to give some thought to this. Um, I know that uh, both uh, of the shows, the Ember Dragon, we have a new dog. So she's barking in the background. Oh. <laughs> I hear her. Oh, I hear her. Come here, Sophia. Come on. Come on. 
percolate, uh, Astrid. I had to move into the here, my because my dog is barking like crazy. Yeah, mine are too. <laughs> it must be for the full moon that's going to be making its appearance at 8.29 a.m. Eastern Standard Time tomorrow. Wow. Ah. There we go. So the dogs know. Not only the oceans. <laughs> Now, I know that both of you have had dealings with your Chamber of Commerce in uh, Sussex uh, County. Am I correct in that? I was a member. Yes. Go ahead, Ashley. Oh, I was just going to say that the Sussex County Fair just concluded, and I went there this year and went to the the, the large building that has all, I think it's the Richards Building, that had all of the materials in terms of of all of the um, not-for-profit organizations and, and all of the different programs that we have discussed and maybe have not discussed um, that were there. And I got quite a few pamphlets and information, signed up for more information, and I brought them back to Hercules. So he has a yeah. lot of information on a multitude of organizations. And well, I'll be I think- uh, the uh, Facebook very shortly, and now I'm also I have an Amazon authors page, and I have an authors page on Goodreads as well. So I'm going to how we could spread all this information <laughs> through all these different places. And I used to be on LinkedIn. I, I should be getting back to LinkedIn. So that's going to be is. another platform too. Well, I wanted to make a comment. I I, I was on sure. the Chamber of Commerce for 12 years, and I won four awards. Uh, and actually five awards in those 12 years. But I convinced my son to join the Chamber of Commerce, so I'm going to have a role there because he he doesn't feel he's an electrical worker. But uh, Mm -hmm. I know Tammy well, and I know uh, the people that that run the Chamber of Commerce, so it's good for me to get back. Plus, down here, uh, my daughter is is in a tri-county Chamber of Commerce. She's a lawyer. Uh, A lot of the meetings are at Macy's, which is fun. (laughs) <laughs> it sounds like fun um, We have Christine Everton here In our Chamber of Commerce And she's awesome She's been a frequent guest on the uh, uh, show And uh, she's also uh, um, Co-hosted segments We've had in the past Like Prosperity Quest uh, Which gave people advice On starting their own businesses And uh, uh, so I feel that we, with four shows focused on uh, Sussex County, uh, we might be able to include in each of the shows. Astrid does this automatically uh, and talks about all the good mm-hmm. things happening in Sussex uh, County. And since we're a, uh, a positive uh, show, uh, Astrid, maybe we can get you to announce uh, um, positive things in the beginning or at the end of Linda G. and Linda M.'s uh, shows. Definitely, definitely, and uh, you know, there. Um, I know that both of them are involved, particularly the Kindred Spirits, because it's, yes. it's a new business. Very involved with the uh, Chamber of Commerce, and they're very involved with the Branchville Business Association. So uh, I know they just had a little um, meeting there, and uh, concerning a medical marijuana facility, which was knocked down. So, um, you know, they're, they're very involved with that. And, and that's really great because I know that little book sh- bookshop that you go to, she is amazing. Yeah. 
That owner is amazing. She's always very involved. And, and uh, that's important, particularly for a small town, that they keep the lifeline going. Right. So, okay, so let's give some thought and how we can incorporate uh, uh, these uh, things. Uh, when we had a recent uh, meeting, um, we talked about well-being as opposed to wellness. Yeah. So uh, I'm still playing with that idea, and uh, maybe we play with it a little bit here. Um, Bill, we were thinking of changing the word wellness uh, because it's overused to the word well-being in terms of, you know, we're looking for people to have uh, physical well-being, mental well-being, um, community well-being, relationship well-being. What do you think of that word? Can you come up with a better word? or? I- Good. I think that's that's pretty good for you know a good change because it really gets at the heart of what's happening, uh, you know, um, physical and mental and and spiritual. Uh, we have an organization. Uh, uh, there's a woman on Facebook. She uh, uh, I forgot her name. I just wished her happy birthday today. Uh, but she gets into all you know. She gets into the spiritual, the mental, uh, the and the physical. Um, and she, she, you know, has meetings on that down in her office, which is uh, in between Newark and Sparta. So oh, I'd wow. like to get her involved. She's very, very good. Uh, That's great. Now I forgot her name. <laughs> now, you know what I like about that term, well-being, Hercules, is that it is so all-encompassing. Uh, the term wellness right away brings to mind health health care, health insurance, vitamins, you know, holistic ways of approaching things, which is nice, but that's only one aspect of well-being. And we always touch particularly with the elements and in the environment, you know, how your well-being is influenced by so many different things. And in our our blog later, that's what I'm going to be approaching. I'm going to get into transparency, too, because that is the buzzword of the of our um, our sessions tonight. And it is transparency is so important and in all aspects, again, because so many things are influenced by dialogue. I mean, there are yeah, so many yeah. aspects that there's really another layer underneath of what you're presented, and we need more transparency. You know, we need more transparency in laws that are being provided. We need more transparency with the environment. We need more transparency with things that are going on with the EPA that affect our health. So, um, yeah, yeah I'm, I like that so much, the well-being. Well, you, you know, I, if you could carry this on the road, I know you're not to the point of carrying uh, microphones around, but maybe we could stage some events. I used to stage events all over Sussex County on a lot of different issues. And, uh, you know, there are people and organizations that we could harness. Um, uh, the, the transparency in every direction. We live in a county that's so far off the dime on everything. I mean, tonight they're having a meeting uh, about immigrants. Uh, uh, I just got a text. Jail. I just got a text about what will be placed on the ballot. And despite protests, that little, um, uh, and I'm trying to find where the text is here because I was so busy writing, but one particular person texted me that uh, despite protests by some, they're going to address uh, ICE on the ballot. And this is an How issue so? which, you know, really burns me up. Uh, I used to, I didn't go to this meeting, but 
I used to be in charge of uh, immigrants because I was a one-stop administrator for Sussex, Sussex and Warren County. Mm. And in South Jersey, I used to tell people their rights under the Judge Ritchie decision, uh, immigrants. Uh, right. So this really bothers me that, first of all, there's no – this is not really an issue in Sussex County. And there's another – No, it uh, isn't. For Astrid, there's another issue. Why ship inmates to another county? First of all, I know for a fact because I've had people, kids in, in jail, and they would call me. It's $6 a minute to make a call home to somebody. Wow. I don't find um, some of these people – now, this is about 10 years ago because kids that hung around with my, you know, my daughter or my son, uh, they would get in touch. And, uh, you know, I would try to help them out with referrals or what whatnot. But, sure. you know, this is an issue here. And um, it really bothers me. I mean, I trusted this sheriff. Um, I don't think there's any – Astrid, I haven't seen the ballot. I didn't even bother doing anything. But I don't even know if there's a, a, is a Democratic sheriff running, which I find that horrible. Um, they had one a few years ago, and he wound up running the town of Hamburg. And they fired him, and they brought in another cop from Franklin to be chief of police. And, oh, boy, he was bad news. He's I think that the big issue right now, I mean, from what I'm hearing a lot of information about is what will Sussex Community College do with their trustee, you know, Mr. Scanlon, who um, put out some really horrific tweets, and supposedly they were retweets. Well, no matter what you do, you know, when you're a public official, you have to think twice. Whether you're a public sector employee, you have to think twice of what you do. I know as an educator, it was very important for us not to even say anything on social networks. You know, we were told it could affect your job. So, I mean, if you're going to be doing things that are toxic and saying cursing and and detrimental things about people – um, because they're not in the party that you happen to be in, whatever, even if you don't like them, you it is not right to be disrespectful. Say no, it in it, a professional where her you know, uh, this, this, this would not happen in Bergen County, even wow. if there's a shift from Democrat to Republican. The stuff that goes on, I mean, I've seen uh, conflicts of interest on the board. Um, I was involved with trying to save a mansion on the campus of uh, Sussex County College, and um. I, I, a freeholder that I trusted, I don't know if you remember Glenn Vetrano. No, I don't. Conflict of interest. He was a freeholder. He more. He was more Democrat. He came out of the Pasquale and uh, Patterson administration. Okay. He was a fire, fireman, and he was working for this guy, and he was pushing his uh, his plans for the building. That's well, you know, I, from what we know on a local level, that in the Board of Education, if someone comes up to be discussed – and or voted upon, no matter what the situation was, or a corporation, you have to recuse yourself if you are in any way connected. In any way. Am I not right? Yes. You know, Hercules, there's such a difference between Sussex County and other counties. And it's sad because it's way behind other counties. You know, there's some high-income people, but the population is literally shrinking before us. Am I right, Astrid? I mean, well, you see that. there's a problem. They were saying, you know, there, there, that's a, a multitude of reasons why. One being transportation, which has been mm-hmm. how many years have they been talking about this now? With transportation, and it's just just not there, and that uh, makes it very mm-hmm. difficult. So this actually reflects on what you were just talking about—the the terminology ch- uh, change. 
because mm. the commute killed it's the longest commute of any county in the state yes it is uh, and uh, you know the fewest jobs of any county in the state and hercules astro knows this there's really nobody on the ballot to charge i mean uh, there's a guy named william winkler i don't know if astro knows him uh, um He's the real uh, guy behind – he's the puppeteer for the Republican Party. He could put up Swiss cheese uh, and, and get it elected, and that's a sad commentary. There's a way we've got to build up uh, for independents and Democrats. There's well, I, I think it's got to be brought up, the fact – and I know it has been brought up a lot. Again, this transparency. If you are you know, um, the head of the Republican uh, party in this county, it does not give you a right to smear people knowing that you were affiliated with the college. You want to say that, fine, but if you were a trustee on a college, you know, how is that acceptable? How is that it's acceptable? Not. He, should have, he should have been asked for his resignation. Well, that this is going to be an ongoing thing. I can see that. And if any of our listeners, you know, feel strongly about it, you can find out when when the um, meetings are being held to discuss this at the county college. You can contact the president of the county college and express your displeasure, as people have been doing. And you can also contact the freeholders, which because they're in charge of the county, the community college. But I think that will go nowhere, as you know. But uh, definitely the college directly, because I mean that it's sending out a very bad message. I mean, this is an educational institution. There should not be bias, and there should not be discriminatory or sexual, gender-related put-downs. And that's what this was. It was horrible. Whether it's a tweet or a retweet, there is no excuse for that. I've seen it, I haven't been in tune uh, lately. This, is, this has been reported on the news, uh, all these things? Oh, yes. Now, you know, it was very slow to come out. First, it was locally, but I saw an article in the uh, New York Times and the Star-Ledger you know, about it, stating what was going on and that there, you know, were some repercussions about it. You know, factual, nothing, not sides or anything, you know, not taking sides, presenting factual information. So Here's we shall see. It is no different than, than what's going on now with this uh, nomination of Eugene Scalia as the Secretary of Labor. Again, you know, our president has nominated someone who is the antithesis of what that department does. The role of the Department of Labor, it's an executive, part of an executive branch, its power resides in enforcing existing laws. So as long as Congress writes a law to protect workers, the Department of Labor has to do everything to to protect them as directed by Congress. Now, some of the problems is, like, you know, when Congress does things, you know, the words need to be tweaked a little more because then what happens, you know, a lawyer comes along for the corporations and say, well, it doesn't say what is – uh, what is an unsafe level of a toxic chemical. So you have to be very, very, it's very important that scientists are involved with some of these things like OSHA laws or whatever. And then secondly, it helps to implement the laws through regulations like, invo- uh, like the DOL enforces mandates uh, right. by the Family and Medical Leave, the Employee Retirement Income Security Act, the Fair Labor Laws. So if an employer va- violates one of these laws, the Department of Labor can take administrative steps. 
to uh, or legal action to uh, to uh, rectify the situation. But how is this going to happen? When you have a man being slated for the head of the secretary of yeah you know, the secretary of labor, who has done things that are totally mind blowing as a lawyer, you know he allowed employers to force employees to share their tips. He uh, vacated the Department of Labor's fiduciary rule to protect employees with the 401k investments. Uh, opposed the law requiring employers to increase health care benefits or even to have them. That was a Walmart situation. They got away with that because of his case and not requiring SeaWorld to follow safety standard rules because after a trainer died, nope. And then vacating the largest class action suit ever to be certified in an American with Disabilities Act lawsuit. That is not good. That doesn't say much for him. And I hate to say it, it's following a trend here. And this trend is that whoever is being nominated for a a very high position, whether it be Secretary of Labor, Commissioner of Education, um, the EPA, they are people that, again, talking about transparency, who have ties to lobbyists. They themselves have lobbied for the people who are in direct violation. Well, that's that's Trump's modus operandi. He is hot hiring people. I worked for for both the U.S. Department of Labor and uh, the New Jersey Department of Labor at the same time because my one office was in Detroit and I worked in Trenton. Um, Mm. And I've seen the drastic change from administration on each level, federal and state. But never, never has it been this despicable on the programs that uh, I was a union. I was a union vice president of uh, right. uh, ASME and also for the other CWA, which is the, uh, uh, the, is the other union in state government. A lot of things are, are being eroded all the way. I mean, come on, even OWLs now or uh, the, the Species Act is, is going to be watered down and we're going to drill here and there and everywhere. But again, I mean, see, uh, even that. Let's talk about transparency. When we talk about this act that is now being being pretty much weakened, and it's being done for obvious reason. It's because these destinations and these different states will now, that first of all enables the regulators to disregard the effects of extreme heat, drought, sea levels, and, and other consequences of climate change. There is yes, this no constant doubt. denial of climate change. And the, I laugh because uh, Rob Bishop from Utah, he's the top Republican on the House Natural Resources Committee, applauded these changes because he said that, you know, that it's gotten out of control protecting the species, and we're talking yeah. the bald eagle is even involved, the humpback whale. I mean, yeah. under this law now, it cannot be made strictly on science. They're going to look at possible economic impacts. You know what that means. What is that saying? Mm-hmm. Let's, let's talk transparency, Bill. What does that mean? <laughs> They're going to kill them and do special, give away special favors to uh, uh, friends of the Trump administration. It is called <laughs> that the, the landowner, landowners – the industry and the and um, gas and oil mining. lobby, mining and logging. That's what this is about. A national park, a national yes. park, and eventually maybe who knows state park. Yes. Uh, you know he's given away a lot of land. 
Uh, there's major problems we know up uh, in the Arctic Ocean. It's literally melted away. Uh, the Russian Navy can actually sail down now with uh, no problem. We're still talking about getting an icebreaker for up there. But the, the climate change is a definite issue. And it's, right. It's, but I don't but know worse, worse than that, I, I, I think people have to start, our, like our listeners, you know, I beg them to start looking beyond, beyond what's being presented. Yes, it's a weakening of the, all these species don't need protection. What they're really saying, go further, is that this is the first step to clearing regulations, for cattle, for, you know, for the meat industry. And, you know, right. we're talking the Koch brothers. I never realized the Koch brothers were involved in as many things as they are. Well, it's yeah. cattle, it's, you know, land. It's not just fossil fuel and petroleum and, and all that. They are tied into so many things, and they have been putting, I forgot how many billions of dollars in to purposely rewrite the laws on climate change. But can I go just to a minute level? I yes. spent the day, I go on <laughs> Facebook and I post, uh, and I have people that I've known for years that live in Sussex and other areas, and their minds are, are really gone. Uh, I mean, it's amazing. You know, I'm, I don't like to bring up religion, but I, I spend hours, they talk ridiculous things, you know, what, what, what Astro just said is all true, and, 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 and I don't know, I think 22 states are now suing the federal government on another, a number of issues, and I'm sure New Jersey, New York, and California are in that mix. Uh, and let's hope that Texas does become a purple or a blue state in the next election, because I think we're done if this, if this administration gets another. We have, uh, you know, guns. There are 300 to 600 million guns in this country. That's not going to stop. And he's not going to pass any background checks. And well, the environment. Even with that, and, and here's another thing, too. Um, if you really look into things, you know, again, we're talking transparency and how this, this El Paso gunman echoed the words of things that are being said, that are being yes. said all the time. Like, here are some quotes. We are letting folks invade our home, walk into our home, and we won't even defend or protect it. Patrick Buchanan on Hannity. In 2014. Well, this this is the thing. You know, I wanted to go to the protest meeting, but I had family uh, things today, mm-hmm. um, and I try to get people to advertise. There are people all over the place. They didn't want it to advertise. You just got to flush these politicians out. But if, if the stuff that's going on a micro level and a macro level are very serious, I in my life, I mean, I go back as a little kid, almost to Truman. I remember Truman walking around New York City. You might remember that, too. I don't know if Ashton was around for that. But, you know, um, and I knew I, I actually met John Kennedy, and I knew Theodore Sorensen was a friend for a while. He wrote all Kennedy's speeches. But everything that I see, this Republican Party is, is way out of step with its, own, with its own platforms. I mean, it's changed with Trump. It's so crazy. And uh, just think a second. Go back to the death of McCain. McCain seems to be the only guy that kept that thing halfway normal. And, you know, without him, Lindsey Grant sounds like a nut and a half. And, and, you know, we really – that guy was a hero. We don't have many heroes today. We need to stand up. Here's my philosophy. At meetings like that that occur tonight, we need to get there, Hercules. And if you can get us microphones or something, 
Uh, I don't know if that's possible. You have to check the law with that because there are many things that cannot be recorded. I know even our union meetings, you are not allowed to record. You know, you can't do that without permission. And if it's a public meeting, you've got to be very careful about how you how you do things. Can we get opinions of people? Get opinions of people. Everything is recorded. All the uh, meetings, except for the closed uh, uh, session. Right, but open session. But, you know, I remember in in the town of Passaic, you know, they used to always have it recorded or on televised. And then at one point things got very uh, feisty, and then all of a sudden it stopped. So and I'm unaware if they do it anymore now. But again, you know, this comes down to who is controlling the um, the political arena. But even so, I don't care what party it is, there has to be mutual respect, and there's nothing wrong with lively debate. But when it gets down to name calling, right, or saying things that are detrimental, here is another really good one, and it blows me away that this is allowed. Uh, I'm not against immigrants. I'm just for Americans, and nobody cares about them. It's like, shut up, you're dying. We're going to replace you. This is someone called Tuck- Tucker Carlson. Oh, and this was from, yeah. I don't know who he is. It's just. Oh, he's on Fox. And he's well, a, he's well there you go. There you go. And here's another one. This this is frightening. If the city's you know, unemployment rate. If the city's unemployment rate, listen to this one, Bill, is high, it's just more proof that they deserve replacement by foreign workers of some kind. Majority of the foreign workers that come here, the illegals or whatever, they're coming in basically like my grandparents and yours, working two, three uh, menial jobs that no one else wants. That's right. I I really... In Sussex County or or, or Cumberland County. It's, it's It's immigrants. And, yeah. you know, there's really not that many farms anymore in Sussex County. There's no place for them to live. Uh, here's where they are. They're in all the Republican-owned restaurants, you know. Well, uh, I have like, something here that I'm going to mention later on my blog about um, the blueberry farms and, and how the government's looking into, you know, horrible, horrible situations. But then again, it affects the, the water. So, I mean, you know, it comes down, I hate to say it, it comes down to economics and who's benefiting for things. And people really need to do their research. When I talk about transparency, go look and, and review and research Citizens United because this is when yeah. things got out of control, when people were allowed to set up super PACs and people making donations without declaring them in the guise of some really insane name, you know, some type of corporation. And it's really basically being uh, being funded by one or two people with big money. Well, you know, never in my history have I ever been pessimistic about this country. And you know if, if they should win the next election, that's very pessimistic. All the things that you talked and mentioned, mentioned Astrid, could all be rolled over. And there's no stopping them where they go from there. And I well, think that's that why I think, like Hercules, has the, the the groundwork and the foundation of communication. It is so important. It's just like now, like you know, people at these meetings texting each other and letting people know what happened at that meeting. And therefore, now one person texts me, and I'm saying it to you. And Hercules has it on the platform here. See, this is the way it has to be done. You write articles and put it in the um, the uh, the journal. So, I mean, there are ways of getting things out. 
that people people need to know the um, the reason why the things are being done. And this affects Hercules too. Uh, the Bergen record, for instance, Hercules is not the same paper. No, the, all it really is is another replica of the Daily Record or the Asbury Park Press. Now all the papers, including the New Jersey Herald, the Gannett Papers, and the New Jersey Herald, have been bought, I believe, by a right-wing company, yes. which uh, narrows our, you know, our uh, vocal point. We don't know how that's going to work out, uh, I'm, and it'll go through with Trump no, no matter what. I forget the name. You might know the name, but they just recently, uh, Gannett sold its papers, which includes USA Today, uh, which is, you know, it's in New Jersey. It actually was published in New Jersey and right. maybe other areas. But uh, the Herald uh, will go. The Herald is already very conservative. Uh, you, you mentioned the papers. I, I get in the Herald's writing issues, but then I get attacked. You know, they'll tell me 300, uh, you know, words, and I'll get attacked by somebody that will write, uh, you know, 500 words and will not even come anywhere near the topic. You know, whether it's, it's climate change or, or um, foreign policy or whatever. Um, and then I read the editorial, you know, uh, Asher, you know, and I think you have, uh, Hercules, you have a better set in your paper, the Bergen Record, but I'm, you know, I see some of them on Facebook, uh, you know, they take questions and they debate with people. They get frustrated too. But I think the buying of these papers is another mortal blow on us because we're losing our power of, uh, you know, uh, of communication. Jersey right. City just started um, – a year ago, started a, a online newspaper, and uh, it really attacked. I know Mayor Fuller. He came up and campaigned at the fair a couple of years back for me. But um, Jersey City's a lot of strange things going along, and um, sometimes Republicans and Democrats can get together and do bad things. So uh, you know, and sometimes um, they get together and do good things. <laughs> Yeah, that happens. I mean, it has, and I'm hoping there's a return. And 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 not to interrupt you, Bill, but it's called a Gatehouse Media, and they acquired U.S. Today. Uh, it's the a New Media Investment Group. They acquired Gannett, and which owns U.S. Today, and more than are you ready for this? A hundred other daily publications. Wow. This is a danger to our democracy. Yes, and it is. And that's know, why I, things like Daily Costs and the New York Times, you know, which hires researchers to really very stringently make sure that things are factual, <laughs> not but fake I, news. I did an interview of Michael Shapiro, mm-hmm. who has uh, – I, I did it on, on your station, Hercules. Uh-huh. He has 1 million subscribers in New Jersey, 9 yeah. to 10 million in five states. But he's, he's sponsoring a big event for Trump in Atlantic City. And, uh, you know, I called him the inventive uh, newspaper guy, but I didn't realize that his ties are, are, are so, you know, I met him when he was talking about citizen journalism, and it sounds so good. I remember. Uh, I mean, that. Such, you know. And, 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 and he has he has tapped into it in a couple of areas, and, and uh, Ashby knows he they they cover um, uh, Sparta and New England, yes. capital C. Um, I asked if I could get a franchise or something with my daughter. Uh, you know, he wasn't receptive to that. And I, I mean, Jennifer Derricks is the, the woman that runs the uh, does the um, Sparta and Newton thing. Uh, and now they've gone to a like a TV network where he's 
uh, interviewing Steve Ababato. How do you say his name? Steve Ababato. But yes. this is getting to be a problem. These, these things that are being created and then work the other way. And all these newspapers, the editorial page is going to change. I actually used to get into U.S. Today. I used to get mm-hmm. into the New York Times. Uh, so I, uh, they, they changed their, uh, you know, some of their philosophies. But um, we're really relying on – here's the papers, the L.A. Times, the Washington Times, and the New York – I mean, the Washington Post. There's a crazy news. There's another newspaper in Washington called The Examiner, I think, and that's uh, yes. that started with that reverend, uh, Korean reverend years ago. Uh, but it's ultra conservative. And I got to tell you, the Tucker Carlson thing, so many editorials uh, and major papers like the Post, the Times, and the L.A. Times have got it. And we've got to do something in, and we, you can do it, Hercules, and do a great job here, is if we could start filling the gaps and going as west as we can, uh, you know, uh, reach out. And this next election, Pennsylvania is going to be a key state. There's no yeah. doubt. And, uh, you know, Michigan, and uh, uh, I, I worry because uh, Biden's, you know, um, the gaps, but it seems like the gaps don't bother the people. But he needs to, if he wins, he needs a good, solid vice president that has legs. And that, to me, that might be the woman that criticizes him the most, uh, Kamala yes. Harris. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't think, the only thing I worry about, Astrid, is her husband, because he's a big wheeler dealer lawyer in Washington, D.C., and I don't know whatever scandals he's been up to. Uh, I I see her that she's strong. Uh, I I I don't know if Booker's going to have a shot. I I don't know a lot of them. I I like Christian Gillibrand because I ran on essentially one of her issues, which was uh, creating yogurt, uh, tying yogurt to cattle farms. We don't have that many cows in Sussex County or Warren County anymore. Um, mm. We also need some kind of process. Uh, with the parties, even the uh, Green Party, start some kind of – and there is an organization that does it. They train people better than the Democratic Party. Uh, I just got a – I used to be in it. It's down out of um, – in the Metuchen area, uh, and it does a lot of things. I brought them up uh, a couple of times. If you could find me a library, uh, Astrid, we could bring them up. They really do a lot of training and, and training mm-hmm. people. A bit. Uh, I know uh, both all three of us have had, had the uh, uh, the training. Hercules, you had it. Uh, I know, Astrid, you just had it recently because I remember you with Leslie Yoon. Um, uh, we now have a new Democratic chair. We'll have to see how that goes. But um, they do excellent training, and it's free. And I got to tell you, there's a guy, uh, Vin Gopal. In, uh, you know, in the shore area, uh, he's an Indian uh, state senator. He took that training and he went far with it. He's now in the state Senate. He's a young guy. Uh, he's very open. He occasionally comes up and visits the Sussex County, uh, you know, Democratic Party. He gave me money one year. Um, but we have to get somebody out there. And even the independents, we've got to hold on to them because we can't lose any more elections. Right. I mean, right now, now we're in the best point in New Jersey, and I'm I'm just talking about Democrat. I don't know if some independent could win, and uh, I, I wouldn't mind. But it's crazy what's going to happen up in this next election, and Trump has got to have close to a hundred million dollars already, which is that's on that, frightening. On that note, we have to take a break because uh, it's time for Astrid's uh, show. 
Um, but uh, I'm going to put uh, you guys in the room. We'll continue for a couple of minutes. Um, I'll be right with you. Let me just play a song. We're going to play Cauldron Born by Dave the Bard. Dream. Lady, 
You will dance in the eye of the storm Your carrot wins children, the cauldron born So we stand on this hill Our shadows are cast by the moon The powers of earth, sea and sky Dragon and fairy in shades of the night We call to our ancestors of blood and bone Of womb and tomb and standing stone Lady, stir your cauldron well Chant your words and sing your spell Deep within The cauldron's brew and magic she will give to you. You will dance in the eye of the storm, your carrot wins children, the cauldron born. Oh, lady, stir your cauldron well, chant your words and sing your spell. Deep within this darkened hall, hear the goddess carrot when called. Come and taste. Of the cauldron's brew and magic She will give to you You will dance in the eye of the storm Your carrot wins children The cauldron born You're the cauldron Hercules Invictus, and I am honored to reintroduce Astrid of the Sussex Report. Greetings and welcome, Astrid. Greetings and welcome, Hercules, and and we will continue a little bit with the transparency, but I do want to start off by saying that, um, you know, whatever, you know, politics is checks and balances. It is a pendulum swing. And you and I have been around enough, me more so, and Bill as well, to know that, you know, the politics change and the direction changes, and and eventually we find that equilibrium in the middle, and that's what we hope for, that we have, you know, things done in bipartisanship for the right reasons. And one thing I do have to say about Sussex County, it has great nonprofit organizations. And as I said, as I said before, you know, it's amazing. You know, the library system is beyond belief. Uh, the um, 
uh, the Chamber of Commerce, who they had presented all this information, uh, Sussex County had all of this information and pamphlets of these organizations, and I know you will get around when we can to post one a day or whatever just to yeah. say what they do and how to get in touch with them. They're amazing. And we can start inviting them on the show, too, so that they oh, can... Almost uh, definitely. I definitely want to have the hospice on, and who I would really like to have on, too. I think it's so interesting because he has made uh, uh, what his venture a part of the community in Sparta with this uh, one particular camp that he, you know, taken over. He's involved with investors, and they do the Renaissance Fair there in September. And he is the king with his queen that he married at an actual ceremony at the very first one. It's it's magnificent, and I really would like to have him on to talk about it. Um, It's going to be extended now to two weekends in September. It's the camp directly behind the Sussex County Botech. I don't want to talk too much about it because I really would like to have him speak about it. And... Mm -hmm. um, it's just amazing because it's a natural environment. It is not commercial like the really huge one that is in uh, Tuxedo, New York, which is very, it's wild. They have nice activities. They do things, but it is very commercial. There are stores with all vendors, and, and that's the big thing there. This is not commercial at all in the sense that they have um, Shakespearean actors, they have singers, they have people that actually do battle reenactments and and all kinds of things. They do have a few vendors that have been handpicked, but again, the food too is like healthy. There's um, a nice unbelievable path systems that you can walk through. You're basically walking through the woods. It's absolutely beautiful. So, um, yes, I think you and, and, and Athena would love it. You really would would love to experience that. And it may, I, I don't know if we're having a, um, uh, a September. No, we're not having a September meeting at oh, the yeah. Ember Dragon. So that yeah. might be an interesting thing to do because it's the first two weekends of September. And uh, we're having you guys over our home the the second uh, Friday. Right. Uh, so I'll be letting people know about that in, in the next couple of days. That's wonderful. So we're going to start up with Sussex County, and then we'll expand with it. And you know how I like to always talk about the elements. And yeah. we've been talking about these uh, poisonous algae blooms. They're expanding in the state. It's amazing. Now it's popping up all over uh, down South Jersey in some areas, you know, with different lakes. Uh, but I want to start off with a, with an opinion on the environment okay. that was in the store ledger. And I think basically you can hear that it's very – I'm not going to read the whole article, but it says your critics were arguing if the same bacteria levels were observed in a lake in a neighboring state and no state action was triggered. Obviously, this one particular um, opinion, which was uh, written by Paul Mulshine, the store ledgers, and he and he goes into detail, you know, about some of the people who agrees what's the density of a hundred cyanobacterial cells per little, you know, I can't say that word milliliter, but anyway, it sounds like it is very, very based on corporate and economic 
views. And, and they're talking about policy changes to prevent a recurrence of the summer's events being postponed. Assemblyman Anthony Bucco, he's Morris County Republican, says, oh, this we can't forget about this once we get into the off season. We have to address this. Right. Yes. And I don't think it's because of the way that uh, Mr. Molshine ended it, saying otherwise there's a high risk. The state will ruin next summer as well. No. How about safety? How about safety? Because there are many articles now popping up in the, in the papers all over, even the Times, about how the poisonous algae blooms are killing dogs all over. And they're not even talking New Jersey. They do mention like a pack on. They mention the Pacific Northwest, the Mississippi Seacoast. And they're talking about these animals, the health threats ranging from skin rashes, neurological problems, liver damage, respiratory paralysis, and then, of course, death. This one woman in North Carolina lost her three dogs, so they went swimming in a pond. And it, it was not posted. You know, praise the Lord, or the gods or the goddesses, whomever you, you worship, that there are notifications because, you know, really, seriously, if you're in a lake community like, and you're even doing spraying for, um, um, like, say, mosquitoes or if you're spraying for uh, um, some type of uh, yellow jackets, you have to post it because you never know who is allergic, who could develop some kind of a problem and be totally unaware of why. What is the source? So, you know, all of these people that are losing money, you know, on like a pack on, and they're complaining to, to Mr. Molshine about it, and this Mr. Bucco was a, uh, an assemblyman. I understand the economics. I understand the fact that it's, it's, you know, horrible that the summer is ruined for people that have vacation homes, but I think more importantly, be glad that people aren't swimming in it, ingesting it, animals dying. You never know the effects of these things on little children. And if they're telling you don't swim in it, don't drink it, that they're harmful, there's a reason. And you cannot negate science. You know, no. it has to be, again, this is a great parallel to with the EPA and, and with these laws being rescinded. And, and, well, it comes down to the dollar. You know, there are people's health. What if it was your child? What if it was your pet? How would you feel? I think the golden rule, people have to start going back to that golden rule and stop being so uh, pontificating all the time about um, economics. Yeah, economics are important, but not as important as if you're not healthy enough to enjoy the economics. <laughs> uh, correct. Onassis, who was a very wealthy uh, Greek uh, uh, magnate. Yes, I remember Onassis. <laughs> yes, he, had, uh, he was sickly also, and he yes. said that he all his wealth to be as healthy as a farmhand uh, yeah. and again he said he would trade everything and give it all away so uh, a lot of people unless you lose your health or you're struggling with your health you don't realize how important your health is most definitely and, and then you see what's going on in, in Newark with the water they had filters you know and the filters were some of them were faulty or they weren't still trading the water enough that there was still mercury and uh, lead and, and I mean not mercury but lead in, in the water and 
we went through that with Flint. Look how it affected Flint. Well, now yeah. in the work, they, you know, they did step. The state stepped up and said, you have to supply bottled water. And this is interesting because who is eligible for the bottled water? Is it just Newark? Well, I found a little blur, but I thought this was important. Fourteen thousand people are fourteen thousand people. It says here, but that's actually households. These, those are the numbers of residents serviced by the Pequannock Water Treatment Plant who have lead service lines and receive, you can receive a free filter from the city. You can pick up bottled water. But that kind of blew me away because it, how do you know if you have lead service lines? Well, they said the lead service lines are garden hose-sized pipes that connect underground water mains to homes. And you can check if your home has a lead service line. And that is, and we're talking Newark right now, www.newarkleadserviceline.com slash check dash your dash address. I'm going to send that to you in an, in an email because that's frightening. How would you know? How would you know? That's correct. Uh, here sure. in Tennessee, uh, across the street, we have uh, the Tenekill, and right now it's a, it's a, it's a, it's not what it was in its former glory uh, when uh, my family first moved to uh, Tenafly uh, right. years ago. Um, but we drink that water. I found out, and there you uh, go. Water's scary to look at, much less contemplate uh, drinking. Uh, sure. But, uh, yeah. And so this is what we mean by transparency. There's so many different things that are so involved. And uh, Bill was saying something about the farms, and I have a little whole big blurb of research I did with the DEP. And the state has taken ownership of this Plumstead Town property to court. Oh, what do you hear this one? And we had a similar story to this a few uh, weeks back. In Byram, if you remember. But anyway, it was, this is an illegal solid waste facility. Now, this is a man that has tens, uh, he has like a nice amount of property, and he brought tens of thousands of tons of regulated waste onto his property between April of 2018 and 2019 in exchange for about $300,000. He is not licensed as a solid waste facility. Here we go again. We're talking about a home that's in a secluded cul-de-sac 10 minutes down the road from Six Flags Great Adventure. Wow. Wow. So here are people at a beautiful place. They come move in and they, they said they don't last. They said it's a gorgeous place. It was nice and smelled great. Now they said the stench is horrific, but I think they better worry more about one other thing than the stench, and that is what is leaching into the ground. That is really important because we brought that up with um, what happened in Vernon, and the people all rallied around, and, and, and uh, Gottheimer got behind it, and then finally the New Jersey EPA got involved and stopped all that dumping, and they said, yes, it was going to affect their wealth if it was not stopped. Well, now they have the second phase, a super fun cleanup of the Mansfield tra- Trail dump site. That's the one uh-huh. I was talking about in Byram, which was like down this road, and 
they said it was, yeah, I don't know how many years that they were supposed to deal with that. It was declared an illegal toxic dump in 2005, placed on the national, national, not state, national priority list in 2011, and it's in the first phase of remediation, which is removing the majority of the contaminated soil. Well, I wonder how many um, systems, uh, the water systems were affected all, during all this time. Right. So they're, now, they're talking about the EPA's testing results, what they're going to do. I hope they do more for those people since it took so long. Uh, Mickey, Mikey Sherrill was involved, you know, with some of this and uh, some others. And, and it's going to, they have to remedy the groundwater. And how are they going to address the the remaining soil contaminants? You know, those those are two big issues, and um, you know, it's, issues. it's uh, yeah. And, uh, I, I'd like to introduce here, like part of the next step is uh, uh, you always send over such uh, wonderful uh, petitions, um, right? And uh, you're very much uh, with your hand on the pulse of what's going on with the environment. Now, I would also like to uh, um, draw attention to uh, the elements and what they require. And uh, sure. that that's too long a story to tell tonight, but I will share it with you. Right, right. But if, if, if you can, um, we can talk one day. Off Most of definitely. We need to expand upon this, you know. Yes, and, and another thing, too, like Bill was talking about, well, you know, other areas of uh, New Jersey. Oh, oh, yes. There is a whole new expose in South Jersey now about the blueberry farms. They inspectors are looking at it and they said the groundwater is being polluted. It's being polluted with sewage. Why? Because they have a, a blueberry farm here, and this is just one of them, and they have migrant workers there. They are putting them into these sheet metal sheds packed with bunk beds, accommodating 50 to 100 migrant workers, no indoor toilets, running water, or fire sprinklers. Can you believe this? No. (laughs) And these were just inspectors from uh, the DEP and the Atlantic County Health Department. These weren't federal agents. Then they went into uh, another, uh, the Merlino Brothers Farm, and seven other farms in the blueberry capital of the world. That's New Jersey. And six of them were cited for breaking New Jersey's Water Pollution Control Act. They had malfunctioning or overflowing septic systems. Ugh. 2,000 gallons of filthy water, cooking grease, detergent, and even human waste draining into the groundwater. Often just a couple hundred feet where the blueberries grow. Well, what does that mean? How does that make you feel about blueberries now? <laughs> I don't want to eat the blueberries grab in the refrigerator. We like blueberries. <laughs> <laughs> They're very great for you. But when I'm reading about this down the blueberry um, capital, it makes me not want to buy blueberries from New Jersey, which is the fruit of New Jersey, the blueberry. But this is what we're saying, you know, about transparency. Is it so important to make that dollar that you have to treat people like this? And then not only people, you know, that working for you. I mean, that's disgusting. And But also to um, yeah. to, to be endangering the water 
And these are the very same elements that are responsible for the toxic algae blooms, you know, the, with, with, with uncontrollable, I mean, of course, the runoff from the rain, but they've been getting a lot of it down there, too. Uh, the hot weather, which they get down there, and then again, nitrogen and phosphates, which you have with septic systems that don't work, detergent. I mean, look at those things. I mean, that's another another thing that affects toxic blooms. Never mind our poor strawberries. I mean, uh, blueberries. I, I know, and uh, now I'm going to check to see where the blueberries we're eating are coming from. Because so uh, am I. <laughs> So am I. And I know something very, very dear to your heart is plastics. And, you know, we, we talk constantly, and we're always giving information about the plastics and, and what's recyclable, what is in, and why it's, you know, what's going on with it. Well, now in Pennsylvania, there is a 386-acre property rising from the banks of the Ohio River, which is the, one of the largest active construction projects in the United States. When it is done, this facility will be fed by pipelines stretching across 100 miles across Appalachia. It's going to have its own rail system, Hercules, with 3,300 freight cars, and it will produce annually more than a million tons of something that people argue the world needs less of, and that is plastic. Mm. Right here. It's about 25 miles northwest of Pittsburgh. And the plant is being built by the Royal Dutch Shell. What does that say, Shell? And these little pellets that they're going to make will be turned into items like auto parts, food packaging, all these things that are going to be around long after we're gone. And um, it's aggravating because these are, this is one plant of uh, about a dozen that are being built or being proposed around the world by petrochemical companies like ExxonMobil and Dow in Ohio, West Virginia, and on the Gulf Coast. So here we go again with the petrochemical sector you know, pushing their weight around. And uh, President Trump is scheduled, I think he did already, toured the Shell plant because I had a paper, uh, an article in the uh, Times about the chemical plant under construction. He's just so thrilled. He was there, and he's going on about the jobs. But meanwhile, they're not talking about, you know, the, the fact that this multibillion-dollar chemical plant under construction is another born in the side of the environment. I know this is a very, this is a very strange time because uh, these type of things happened before, but uh, the EPA uh, was on top of a lot of it. Uh, of and course, now but now the EPA, like, like all the other departments, and now they want to do it to the Secretary of Labor, is run by someone who was a fossil fuel lobbyist. So, you know, here's are the, the issues that, again, we say transparency. You cannot be running for something or running an organization when you are, when you, you should be recusing yourself from doing it. This should not be allowed. It is against the code of our conduct and ethics. Unbelievable. Uh, Very true. These are the kind of things that we, we have to become aware of why they're being done. As we always say, communication. And then, you know what? We have 
assemblymen. We have our senators. We can contact them and make them aware that we know about these things. We have relatives that live in other states. Make them aware and tell them to contact their legislators and voice your opinion. You know, be an active participant, not someone who's there, like they always say, the locker room lawyer. Uh, as um, a, a union delegate for years, you know, I'd say, well, you can contact this one. You can contact that one. It takes a minute to send an email, even better, a handwritten letter. Right, and and that's important to know. Uh, I know as I've been calling for things uh, uh, recently, uh, I've been finding out, like, if you call the governor's office, it's better to send them uh, something um, physical you know, yes. than to... Uh, than to just give a phone call, although they do count the phone call. A hard copy document, they always call it. Hard copy they want. But there are people that are doing things because this is interesting. You know, we all know about mercury and how dangerous mercury is in terms of neurological uh, issues with the kids and and then, of course, cancer and damage to your organ. Well... Mm -hmm. There was something I found that was interesting. They said that there are floors that emit mercury vapor, and they have been found in at least 18 school districts in New Jersey. Oh, wow. So schools have been using this rubber-like polyurethane floors since the 60s, some installed as late as 2006, containing phenylmercuric acetate. It's a catalyst, and it releases odorless, colorless mercury vapor. Anything that comes in contact with these contaminated floors emits harmful mercury vapor indefinitely. So that, you know, as we said, mercury can damage the central nervous system, your kidneys, your lungs, your skin, your eyes. And when you think that it's in schools, what about young children? What about pregnant workers in the school, the fetuses whose bodies are still developing? developing and what about kids with autism who are you know they have a even tougher time excreting toxic metals so uh, right. this is really frightening and how did they find all this out well concerned parents there were parents and staff members that brought it up to the school systems and the board of bed they said you know they how they found out, I don't know, but they, maybe the peop, a lot of people were getting ill. Who knows? But the main thing is that there are, I have two organizations here and women that have fought like crazy. And one parent is Colette Staub of Washington Township in South Jersey. She mobilized fellow parents to get engaged and stay informed. Here we go. Informed by attending school board meetings and pushing for greater transparency. Hercules, that is the word of the night. Yes. And they even got, you know, the SDS sheets, you know, which are the safety sheets, safety data sheet. Every school has to have in their office safety data sheets of, of products and things that are in the school. If they do not have it there, they can be fined. I am certain the PTAs or PTOs, parent organizations, could go there and ask to see them. And they said that, you know, it's really tough because the rubberized floor hasn't really been studied, and they're not comprehensive if it is a trade secret. What do we mean by trade secret? The vendor doesn't disclose it. Okay. But there is a test for it. 
and they uh, they I, they probably get a couple samples and they send them to the uh, Environmental Protection Agency. They have a certain method, and they first find out if they have mercury, and then the next test is to see if is 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 it toxic. There are two groups. If you're concerned about this, you want more information, there are two groups, and I will pass it along to you by email. It's called Healthy Schools Now. And the other one is a national organization called Moms Clean Air Force. And they met with Cory Booker. And they, I mean, isn't that amazing? They met with him. They talked about the EPA, and they want to uh, get involved with a disease registry and Consumer Safety Commission, they are really pushing. And that's the way it is, because no one is going to do it for you. You know, the State Schools Development Authority announced it will be requiring a mercury-free certification from manufacturers of rubberized and or urethane floors installed because you know why when they're made they make them in really long big sheets that's why it's not the little asbestos tile they're big sheets so, so there no shortage of challenges uh, before us no but you know as you know i mean people fought with the, about the lead in the water uh you know the paint the old buildings and, and then of course like the pesticide sprays that they were doing, you know, for the uh, cucarachas over there, they thought that was causing neurological damage. And in schools, they were saying you cannot do it during school hours. It has to be when the school is closed, closed on a break. Wow. Uh, There's a lot to do. And fortunately, there seem to be lots of people who are willing uh, to do it, people who are willing to look past their politics and focus on issues and on government. Uh, yeah, right. you and you know, it comes down to, I always say this, it comes down to not to the party you belong to. It comes down to what kind of a human being are you? Yes. How much do you care about the well-being of your community? How much do you care about the well-being of your state, of your country, uh, globally? You know, and that's what it's about. You know, that, that phrase well-being is so all-encompassing. And it that and transparency, because... If you don't look beyond things and look for the for what's below the surface, you're just going to go along and be totally unaware of why things are being done. And it's usually never for the reason that you think. No, no. And uh, that's why uh, people get into conspiracy theories. And we have uh, two new conspiracy theory shows uh, that talk about <laughs> things because uh, – Mixed in with uh, all the the conspiracy theories, there, there are elements of truth. And sometimes yeah. they get places where you can see things that you normally couldn't see. So uh, those are more clearly opinion-based shows. Um, but uh, uh, there Well, certain- I got a kick out of it because you're talking about this, two of them going around. You know, uh, our president uh, did a retweet, and he, he said, well, it was a retweet. It wasn't mine. But that um, – <laughs> Uh, and it had to do with um, uh, of, of the conspiracy with Epstein being you know, suicide. No, he, he was definitely uh, it, it was a, uh, a a hit by um, of course they said Clinton. But you know, Mr. Barr has more to lose 
the AG who is talking about what a horror it is when his father was the one who trained yeah. him and had direct contact with him. And the, not just this country, but, you know, illustrious figures, but globally. And this man did remark that he could take down so many yeah. wealthy people, so many globally. So your guess is as good as mine. Who would want him, you know, out of the picture? <laughs> I know, but it's 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 uh, it's very sad. Uh, and again, I wonder, other than to work uh, to fix this, what like what are we doing here? Because this is just too strange. This reality. Well, I look at it this way, Hercules. The pendulum always swings. We've seen it from yeah. the 50s to the 60s. You know, the 70s, the 80s. We've we've seen so many drastic changes and and then for a while it settles in the center and then it swings the other way but then it when it swings one way there's always a swing back to the other way before you get to the middle and that's the way it is usually it, it's the law of gravity hercules yep that is i look at it that way there's got to be some logic you know you have to look at some things logically but you also have to be the change that you want to happen. If you don't like certain things, contact people. Right. And if people get obnoxious, you know, like you and I have both been in situations where we deal with people from all parties, and, you know, you bring something up, there are ways of saying things. And if someone gets very obnoxious and um, defensive and starts using foul language and everything, and that's when you stop and say, wait a minute, I thought we were having a discussion. You know, this kind of behavior, very simply, that kind of behavior isn't even allowed in grade school. You're sent to the principal's office. And uh, it, it, politics is proving a little bit more difficult than uh, religion uh, in terms of getting the uh, the dialogue going because people are very polarized at this particular well, point. I, I think I think also it's that way because if you look at it, you see the politics has changed drastically in the sense of politicians. Um, there's not that many that are moderates. It seems to be very big swings, you know, to one extreme or the other. And you know, maybe with more moderates to bring some logic to the emotion. Because you can't just have, you can't run a country on emotion or what works only for you. You have to remember your private sector, any private, I mean public sector, any public sector job, you are beholden to the public. And that means the entire public, not just big corporations or your friends or your relatives that you're putting in jobs, you know, because that's another law you're breaking. We, we are going to be discussing that in the days ahead as we form an organization so that uh, we can uh, move past uh, uh, raising awareness, move past uh, uh, discussing things to more effectively doing things. So uh, right. thank you so much for everything. You're awesome. Um, and uh, this is a great adventure, Astrid. Uh, thank you so Almost much. Almost definitely. And thank God we have you leading the sh- up at the helm there of the ship. Well, thank you. I'm greatly honored by your words. Any last-minute wisdom to offer before we go to our, our break uh, for a song? Yeah, the base, you know, it's the golden rule. Never mind the parties. Never mind this or that. Why Don't just listen to what they're saying. Look for transparency. Look at what they've done. It's not the talk. It's the walk. 
<laughs> why? Look at the transparency factor. Why? What have they done, and how is that going to affect what they're going to do? Thank you. Uh, well worth pondering, and that will be the subject of my meditation for tonight. Um, <laughs> I'll see you very soon. Take care. Most definitely. You be well, and, and definitely Athena as well. Okay, uh, we are going to go to David the Bard's Gently Johnny, which uh, you might remember from The Wicker Man, and then we'll be back with Bill Waitman oh, and yes. the yes. Yeah. 
back to the Elysium Project, where we are focused on creating a better world for all. I'm Hercules Invictus. Tonight, we are talking about the path of public service, and I'm honored to introduce again today Bill Waitman, um, a mythic mentor of mine, and his segment, I on Northern New Jersey. Greetings, Bill. How are you? How are you, how you doing, Hercules? I, I know we talked a little earlier, but... Uh... I'm going to change the focus a little bit since um, the guest uh, disappeared on me. That um, happens. It does. And I'm going to see something that maybe you uh, might enjoy and maybe a future guest. Um, okay. Let me tell you, I grew up uh, in a section of Fort Lee called Coitsville, C-O-Y-T-E-S-V-I-L-L-E. 
And at one time, that was the movie capital of the world. I mean, there were so many, uh, uh, the Senate uh, comedy movies, uh, Birth of a Nation, which was not a uh, healthy, it was more of a, became a recruiting thing for the uh, KKK. Although uh, D.W. Griffith, uh, a year earlier, a year later, wrote a, uh, put it together a movie called uh, 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 Intolerant, where he showed oh, intolerance. Okay. Into- okay. Are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I did. Um, and let I, me I, increase. I, I grew- let me increase the sound a little bit. Okay. There we go. Is um, this better? Yeah. Well, it's excellent. It's excellent. Okay. But, uh, you know, there were so many, uh, the perils of Pauline, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Tom, uh, Thomas Edison made a movie uh, in his West Orange uh, studio and shot some of the scenes over, uh, you know, on the cliffs of the Palisades, which are magnificent. Uh, you know, the peril of Pauline, uh, uh, she falls off the cliff, but they staged that. Yeah, and, uh, I know. <laughs> Even D.W. Griffith's uh, intolerance, he used so many, you know, he had split screens and uh, everything else. And why I was uh, interested in, uh, I grew up, my parents, uh, I was born, uh, my father was Welsh and Irish. Uh, My mother was Italian. And uh, we started out uh, in a a handmade brick house made by my grandfather, who was Italian. Uh, He owned a bar and he and he sharpened scissors. Tough guy. They called him the Iron Man. But anyway, uh-huh. we uh, moved out of there probably, um, oh, in the mid-50s to, the, mid to uh, this Coitsville section. And um, it's funny. I'm going to tell you a story. Uh, you won't believe hey. it. But uh, my name is Bill Waitman. My father's name was Bill Waitman. But there was another Bill Waitman. And uh, he was a bigamist. And uh, he fooled around with an actress. And um, um, Dorothy, uh, Dorothy was the first name. And the lady that owned the house, her name was Dorothy, but I don't think it was the same actress. But uh, he was the son of a billionaire in that era, William Waitman, a pharmaceutical man. And uh, uh, the younger Bill Waitman didn't inherit a dime from his grandfather. Most of the money went to his uh, mother. uh, And he served term for as a bigamist (laughs) in prison. Okay. So anyway, we moved into this old silent movie actress. She was still around. Uh, I don't know how old she was. I would say she was in her 70s. It can't be this. There was another Dorothy that had the same name, last name. And uh, uh, she was around until the 80s. So I don't think this could be the same lady. But um, the silent movie industry, I, I grew up with the studios. Fox and Paramount was still standing there. This is where movies were first made. And uh I was always fascinated about it uh, because knowing that, and I know you might have seen this guy in your youth. There used to be a guy called Joe Franklin. Do you ever remember, remember him? Joe Franklin. Yes, I remember Joe Franklin, and I'm still uh, I'm in contact with his significant other. Uh, uh, we Are you kidding? No. Oh my I'm God, not... she. Oh, what a! That's fantastic because. I, uh, I'm telling you, I was four or five, and it's hard to believe. I, I stayed there till I um, went to second grade, and, and uh, my parents got a house with the help of that cigar grinder, <laughs> scissor grinder and bar owner. Uh, he made my uncle <laughs> sell a house to my mother and father. That's why they call it Iron Man. He was a, kind of a uh-huh. tough dude. 
and he liked Mussolini because he said Mussolini made the trains run. I don't know if you've ever heard that phrase. I, I've uh, heard that expression like, too. Yeah, people said that about Hitler as well, that he kept the, the, the trains <laughs> run. So uh, anyway, in that period, when I moved to Richfield, there was also some kind of, uh, uh, in the, uh, like say 1960, there were, um, there were rich people living there. Matter of fact, uh, before the, I moved there, um, God, I can't think. Shirley MacLaine's brother. Uh, you remember? Okay. I can't think of his. Uh, I don't remember his name played, either. He played like um, uh, a revolutionary of the 1900s who went to Russia or something. And um, uh, that guy was living in Richfield. There were actors. There was a, a, a road called Art Lane where the painters lived. And uh, there was a long, another road called Studio Lane. Uh, which included, uh, you know, um, communist every every group under the sun, and they plotted okay. tales. And uh, it, it was like early 1917s or 1920s. So no one okay. growing up in those two areas um, and seeing the studios and uh, listening to Joe Franklin, I developed an interest for uh, silent movies, and a lot of the movies are, you know, were disappearing. They uh, were being they were destroyed by time and elements. Uh, so these, this group in Fort Lee uh, set up a um, an operation to bring to try to save many many films that were in decay. And uh, the Barrymores, you know, Drew Barrymore, but uh, uh-huh. from you know you know TV shows and movies of today. But her parents and grandparents, especially the grandparents were great actors, you know, from the late 1800s all the way through 1930s. And I believe the, the, the one Barrymore, uh, It's a Good Life. Do you remember that movie? I believe he was Mr. Potter. Do you remember Mr. Yeah. Potter? And that, uh, that was like one of the, you know, probably his first talkies. Because talk, uh-huh. I'm, I'm jumping all over the place. But okay. I figured, um, I, you know, I was so enthralled with, thrilled, thrilled with um, silent movies and, uh, how they made them, and uh, I just started seeing things that they post, the Fort Lee uh, Theater Commission, and uh, I'd like to get the guy on. His name is Tom. I forgot his last name. He put it all together, and uh, yeah, they're showing movies, and uh, uh, some, uh, they just showed, um, oh, God, once uh, the, the, the rainbow, one over the rainbow, um, Judy Garland. You know, that's not really uh, that old, uh, you know, probably 30s, 40s, I don't know. Um, but they've shown some silent movies, and um, this Barrymore uh, uh, movie and all historical kind of thing is something to see. I mean, I, um, I, I, I do know as a little boy seeing those studios and, uh, and other things, and slowly some of them, dis- a lot of things disappeared with the development of Fort Lee, but uh, it's you know, it was a tremendous thing to see, and um, I, this weekend and other weekends in the summer, they're showing movies, but I got to give the guy credit because how much he's re- rescued, and there are films that have disappeared that all of them were shot, that were sent all over the world, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, comedies, silent comedies, uh, Barrymore, the Barrymores, and there were others uh, that, uh, you know, played great roles in those movies. 
And like the lady that owned this house, I lived in this house, which was basically about two acres. My parents rented a, you know, upstairs apartment, but it was a huge uh, uh, house, uh, probably dating back to um, early 1900s, maybe late 1800s. And uh, uh, it's all gone. That's gone. It was, uh, they put four houses on that uh, property. You know, they basically huge houses. Uh, but it was just a beautiful yard. And I, I, I know this is not going to twink or twerk many people's uh, enthusiasm, but uh, from the West Orange uh, operation that Edison uh, started and making movies and uh, to the Fort Lee, Coitsville, uh, you know, movies that, you know, they have saved hundreds, but they've lost thousands over time. And, uh, you know, how uh, fire is also in the studios. Uh, vandalism. It's a shame because that's our art. And there were others that came over. Uh, you know, Russian uh, uh, Russia became a big movie making uh, con- uh, country uh-huh. in the year, early 1900s before, um, you know, the end of the czar and the uh, uh, you know, the revolution there. But they continued afterwards too. Uh, you know, other France also had a number of them and uh, it's just that so many things were shot in New Jersey that, uh, I don't know, they might have went as late as 1920, 1925, and they moved to Hollywood. And they brought those, uh, you know, those studios with them, Fox, uh, 21st Century Fox, which now is owned by Disney. Uh, Disney's getting bigger and bigger, and, you know, Pixar yes, and other things. So it's, 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 it's really a, a, a part of our culture and our history. And uh, I really haven't been there to see anything, uh, I remember walking with my father around Anglewood Cliffs. It stretched up to Anglewood Cliffs, which was basically rural in that era. Even even this little section of Port, Port Lee called Coitsville, uh, you know, there were trolleys and everything that went up as far as that. There was the amusement park in Cliffside Park. I don't know if you've ever – did you ever go to the uh, Palisades Amusement Park? Yes, as a kid, I used to go there a lot, and that, as did my wife. So as kids, we probably played together <laughs> in Palisades Amusement Park. It, it, it was really an interesting park. I mean, my uh, uh, second-grade teacher had a booth, so I would look at, uh, since I was such a silent movie fan, you know those things where you crank your hands? Uh, I don't know if you remember them, and you you put some quarters in, and you could watch silent movies. Or, yeah, you know, with yes, the, I, uh, I remember those. Geez. And... Uh, uh, I remember there was uh, uh, you. I know you would remember. This is getting away from the movies, but Claude Kirshner. Do you remember him at all from your youth? I think he had like a circus show on WOR. Uh, in those days, the, the WOR. The name rings a he, bell, but I can't conjure any memories. And then um, what the heck was it? There was a Merry Mailman uh, TV show uh, for kids. And uh, he had a daughter that was a beautiful movie star. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, they, they would show up on uh, Kitty Day or something, which I think was a Wednesday or Thursday, you know, a quarter or, or a nickel. Uh, there was all that whole area was surrounded. I mean, um, uh, across from the park, uh, Sammy Davis lived there for a while. Uh, he moved into the Horizon Projects with his, uh, I guess, his second wife, Mae Britt. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of history there. 
Um, all along the Palisades, movies were shot. Uh, there were uh, great ferry boats up until the 80s. I remember there was one right down in Edgewater that they turned into a nightclub, and then a storm came along, and it uh, basically sank and then vandalized, and it was really a great place to go. But the culture there was um, it was magnificent, and I wasn't around in 1917 or 1909 when they were you know filming some of the highlight of these movies because even like – D.W. Griffith, his his trips are hard to do even today. Uh, Some of the things he did in Birth of a Nation was a terrible movie um, as far as content, but he had a lot of uh, nuances in it as far as film. And uh, it was propaganda and it was very effective. I remember um, when I first saw D.W. Griffith's Birth of a Nation, I was in high school. Uh, and they showed it during a social studies class. And uh, uh, it was, yeah, again, very racist, but a lot of the uh, um, kids in the class who were African-Americans uh, said that they found themselves rooting for the Klan because the movie oh was such God. propaganda. Yeah, and, well, and we talked in the class about the effectiveness of propaganda and how propaganda can alter your thinking so that all of a sudden you see things uh, in a very distorted uh, kind of way. You, you know, Hitler and Goebbels did the same. You're right. They, they, they saw what he did, and they brought it to Germany and started turning out their own uh, movies. As a matter of fact, Eva Braun, who uh, was Hitler's girlfriend, she was in some of those movies. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, um, and other filmmakers, Italy had them. Uh, I've, I've seen silent films from India. Uh, you know, I had to take a... Uh, movie class in college as an elective and uh basically french american birth of a nation was shown and uh there was a lot of things in there and it, it set the tone because when i mean even the the comedy things the max senate uh, comedy things you know uh they took a lot of work i mean they wanted to, when you're watching one uh if you go onto the site of the uh barrymore and you know the fort lee moon uh uh, the uh, site, uh, you'll see a Max Senate uh, brief, you know, a couple of shots of, of, of black and white of uh, somebody being on a lamppost, and, and, it's, and, and in the background is the Fort Lee uh, uh, City Government Building, which must have went way back, and, uh, you know, he, he's the one falling, and it, it just, the techniques, and uh, it really should be, you know, for people studying movies, I, I think they should really get a class or two right out there because it, it just was great. And it was great having, uh, I'm a big Charlie Chaplin fan. I don't believe Charlie Chaplin ever made those, any movies in New Jersey, but uh, you know, he was so skilled at uh, acrobatics and uh, other stuff. And, uh, you know, I think one of his greatest movies was actually a talkie, uh, the, uh, the dictator or the little dictator or something where he's wearing. Yes, I remember that. Look, and he gives this great speech at the end, uh, you we know, talking of the terrorists. And it was so uh, so great. I uh, I don't know who played. Uh, I'm going all over the place, but I've always been a big big movie fan. And uh, I think I mean his talkies weren't bad at all. I mean he was great in some of the the acrobatics and uh, the, uh, the the scenes that were one. It's it's like a girl with a little flower and him. 
uh, as the tramp. Amazing, just amazing. I, I, I had hoped that they would have shot some of those in Fort Lee because it would have lent a lot. But the big actors of the time, when he went, uh, when he went west, I guess from London, uh, they uh, he formed United Artists uh, with three, uh, uh, I think Pickford, who actually starred in Fort Lee movies. And uh, I can't remember the guy. His son became a great actor. Um, but he uh, actually, the three of them, Pickford, uh, Charlie Chaplin, and this guy, um, they found United Artists, which, you know, every now and then you see, they're not the same people maybe, but you see the, uh, you know, that coming out or you see um, one of the early other studios, Paramount's still out there. They just, <laughs> they made a deal with uh, CBS via cash, which I always thought they were attached to CBS anyway. And when they fired the, uh, uh, recently fired the uh, CEO for sexual things that he shouldn't have done. Um, I remember they that. they pushed that merger. Yeah, and uh, Julie Chen, his wife, was doing, uh, she still does Big Brother, but and the um, she had to leave the other show. But uh, and he didn't get anybody. He didn't even get a settlement. But Paramount was basic in, based in Fort Lee, and a lot of actors in those early days didn't really live in New Jersey. They came over by ferry or some other means. I don't think they, well the bridge wasn't even finished yet. I wasn't aware of that. And that was a really interesting uh, whole kind of thing. They would shoot a movie and then go back. And I, I don't know how long. I don't think. Maybe, uh, you know, I don't know the length of those movies. Uh, Birth of a Nation might have been a lo- little longer than a, uh, that one I saw, like you saw, I saw it in college. And uh, and then recently a book came out called Death of a Nation. I thought this would be a, a, a different kind of book on that story, but it wasn't. It was worse. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I can't remember the writer, but he's he's pretty much for the right. But, you know, it's a selling point. We've lost a lot in films. Uh, Palisades Amusement Park used to be a place for this teenager when uh, I was little. Uh, one of my high school friends' girlfriend uh, won this teenager at Palisade Park. And there was Zachary. You remember Zachary from uh, – you'd watch yeah. a TV movie and he'd be uh, taking a shower in the swamp. I don't know if people yeah, remember this. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then he went I, to I WWE. That I, I, you've uh, opened my eyes to a history I wasn't even aware of. I missed Palisades Amusement Park because it was so much a part of my uh, childhood, uh, and uh, it saddens me that they never revived that uh, carnival type of uh, culture uh, that had taken root there. I know when I was younger, I used to walk uh, uh, through the Palisades in the parks over there, and occasionally you would come upon ruins uh, from that era, you know, movie movie studio um, like uh, houses and places where people would eat, and it, it's left there to the elements, and it's all along the side of the uh, the Jersey uh, part of the river from where the amusement park is to up near where I am over here. Uh, so now you brought it to life for me. I I actually like I was one of those guys that worked there. I had a regular job that. At a place called Prentice Hall, which was a publishing company on the Hudson and Angua Cliffs, and uh, oh, a wow. uh, couple of you know, a couple of guys said, "Hey, let's get a jobs Wednesday so we can be there." You know, we were in college, or most of us were in college, so we took off from Prentice Hall 
to do that for a couple of weeks, put the, the mailman's, uh, uh, the merry mailman, that's what they call them, put him on the, uh, put his uh, daughter on the rides in Kitty Land or whatever else. And it, there was a, it was a big hangout for kids. It really is missed. There's nothing, you know, there was Freedom Lands in New York. You might remember that. Uh, I never yeah. got to that. But, I, I mean, that whole thing and, uh, you know, a lot of uh, architecture along the cri- uh, cliffs, there was a lot of great stuff. And you're going back and saying that you actually found maybe, maybe uh, you know, ruins from the silent movies, which would be something. That, that, um, that would be true. That might be true, too. I didn't know what it was, but people told me that when they were silent, making silent movies, all that stuff was very, you know, people used to come in uh, like uh, boats and uh, eat and dance and uh, that they used to film things. Uh. It was, uh, if you drive on the parkway, you, you live in Tenafly. Uh, the Palisades Parkway, there is a place where Frank Sinatra, they put up, I think it's a gas station today. And, uh, you know, Frank Sinatra got his break, you know, in Hoboken and there. And then in on the, uh, if you go down Route 4 heading for the bridge where I lived in Coitsville, uh, there was a restaurant that was very famous in the 20s and 30s when Sinatra and Crosby and those people were uh, started. Um I it, it's 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 a shame because a lot of that stuff was just destroyed. Uh, you know they have markings. Palisades Amusement Park. I I would have wished there was talk that they would have kept that saltwater pool because that would have been a big big draw. But they built all these super high rise, and uh, it's funny if you go a- along where Palisades Amusement Park was, there were two hot dog stands. One still exists. Uh, one was. Um, Oh, I forget the one. The owner died. Uh, the last, the owner of the last one, Callahan's, uh, he just died. So I think they've gotten rid of the last final Call- Callahan's. But Hiram's has been there since 1926, and it's still a, uh, it's a quaint little place. I mean, I was in there one night when somebody shot a gun uh, from what was woods, but now it's is the Horizon House and. Uh, uh, there were every kind of figures, and uh, you know, in Fort Lee, and uh, it was crazy because I mean, in the 70s, that's a long time away. Uh, I would go to this restaurant uh, uh, across from a pizza restaurant in uh, Fort Lee, and it was a mafia hangout. And you'd uh-huh. go in there. I went in there with a guy and a, uh, uh, his girlfriend and, uh, and my girlfriend at the time. And, uh, you know, somebody, he, he knew everybody, and one guy would come by and, say, and he would say, how's the, how's, he sounded like that, you remember that TV boxer, that guy, that boxer, he's always on like Phil Donahue and uh, earlier shows, uh, he was a famous uh, boxer, um, you know, they would sound like him, you know, the, okay. the box, and, said, and the guy would say, I am a, my gallery. Yeah, 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 okay, now I remember that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was always on TV, but there's a real mafia figure uh, in Fort Lee, and they were always they were always there too. Uh, and it's, it, it was quaint. I mean, in my days, that uh, Fort Lee, the Coitsville section, uh, was all woods. Uh, deer were there, uh, and salamanders. I haven't. Even, I don't even see salamanders in Sussex County anymore. They were a common thing. I don't know if they're up in Tenafly, but you know, if you go no. to the area. 
in, in when I lived in Pennsylvania in the Poconos, we had salamanders all over the place and little snakes and things like that. I haven't seen any here in uh, in Tenafly. We have a lot of mammals. We have uh, uh, raccoons and uh, um, muskrats and you know. Uh, Prairie dogs, I think, and we have opossums and uh, deer wow. and bears. But <laughs> I see them all locally. Uh, I haven't seen any bears personally, but people have reported seeing bears uh, now. Yes, they have. I've, you know, they've even gotten into New York City. I mean, one was in Central Park. Uh, really? Wow. Yeah, uh, coyotes, which you probably have. You haven't seen them yet. Yeah, we have coyotes. Uh, they're probably uh, you know, you know, Crestville and your town are pretty. You, you would they would be a a, a big issue. Uh, they're a big issue by us. I, you know, tonight I'm in Wayne to do your show, uh, and when I walk my dog at night, I can hear them. Uh, mm. Attack. He, he barks like endlessly, which I don't know. But <laughs> if, if you're out there by yourself, and there are three of them, they will attack you. You know, and they've attacked people in towns near you. Uh, right here in Wayne is my daughter has a big yard, and they've jumped over the fence. The uh, deer, uh, yes. it, it broke the broke the fence, and there's some other animals. So all that goes back to those early days. I mean, that was Bergen County was uh, didn't have much, uh, you know, in the in silent era. They just they might have had uh, steamboats or ferry boats that brought the actors over. Uh, I know that public service started as a bus company, uh, then became New Jersey Transit, but they used to run buses almost all the way up to the bridge from who knows where, Jersey City or whatever. Um, because my father worked in um, uh, in a place, I don't know if this is interesting to anybody, but my dad worked in a place called Alcohol. What? It's interesting to me, and uh, unfortunately we only have a few more minutes, but I'd, like to, I'd love to hear it. Okay, my dad worked in a place called Alcoa Aluminum, and there were nothing but piers and everything. Now, Alcoa Aluminum was the site about two years ago of a, a house fire, serious house fires. They built a lot of condos on the site of Alcoa Aluminum, which had been a Ford plant before that. But in World War II, it became well, – first it was Ford, and then it became an aluminum company of America. And uh, – it, it, it was interesting how it evolved into a, uh, I think 40, pe- uh, 40, 40 people died or were seriously burned in, in the fire. It was about two years ago. Uh, those condos that they built were not in safe territory. And they were, uh, it was built over cemetery because Alcoa had a cemetery right in the middle of it. So it was Edg- Edgewater was an interesting piers in a roughneck town, you know, bars everywhere. But today, you and I, when we would go down Edgewater, we wouldn't. We would be, we'd be thinking, "What? Where are we?" I mean, it's uh, heavily influenced by Asians and uh, especially Japanese and Koreans. Um, it's a beautiful. It's largely a beautiful city, except for that eyesore, and the cliffs are there. I have not gone as far as you have on the cliffs, but they are magnificent, and I know. Somewhere uh, at the bottom of those cliffs is a house that belonged to Lafayette, uh, the French. I guess he was a French general. And it, uh, you know, they, they manufactured a chain up by me in uh, Ringwood that they, uh, the uh, Americans stretched across the Hudson to block the British ships. So, and Fort Lee actually was a fort. Oh, I never fort. saw it. But, 
wrap up because they're going to cut us off in a few seconds. Bill, thank you for opening uh, up my eyes and my mind to a lost chapter of local history. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, talking to you again next week and to seeing you very soon. Uh, welcome back. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Same here. Be well, Bill. And thanks to all at home who joined uh, until was, next time, this is Hercules and Bill wishing you joyous journeys and cool adventures. Thanks for listening to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. Join us seven nights a week for exciting programming covering a variety of expressions of faith. And remember... All manifestations of the divine are equally valid. How you doing? Um, I'm just wrapping it up now. Sure. I'll see you in a little bit, okay? Well, come in now because uh, we have to get to bed uh, early. Got a busy day tomorrow. So come in, come in now in a couple of minutes. Okay, awesome. Talk to you then.